Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We're bringing you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Guys, this is a good one. And I know I always say that, but it is. Today I'm interviewing Beth from Inclusive Stepmom. This episode is so informative, super eye-opening, and it was kind of the kick in the ass that I needed, to be quite honest. So if you're not familiar with Beth, she is one of three moms and one stepdad raising a feisty little redhead. And as a stepmom and a wife in a same-sex marriage, she struggled to find resources with content that she could relate to when it came to blending families and co-parenting and living as an LGBTQ plus person, a parent and a wife. So similar to me, when she couldn't find the resources that she was looking for, she decided to create the resources herself. And I'm so happy that she did. In this episode, we dive into inclusivity in the stepmom space and how simple language can make stepmoms in same-sex relationships feel even more like an outsider in a role that you already feel like an outsider in. So Beth and I talk about how she called me out about how my language isn't inclusive and what I've struggled with in being more inclusive in my content. We talk about stepmom life and how parents can support their children and stepchildren when they quote unquote are coming out. And we just really dive into how powerful language can be and how even though we don't intend to make people feel a certain way or feel like they don't belong or feel like they're not safe, sometimes you just do. And it's not about intention. It's about just being aware of how these simple, simple things that we do or simple switches that we can make in how we talk and how we show up can make all the difference in the world. So the wheels were turning during this conversation. It was really so eye-opening for me, and I'm just excited to bring it to you. Beth is such a light. She's such a great resource for stepmoms. Let's just dive right in. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love smoothies, and the kids love smoothies too. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes smoothies are an event to whip up, and even though I love when the kids make their own, there's often a huge mess. I'm guilty. There are times when the kids ask for a smoothie and we are like rushing out of the house. I'm like, no, we just don't have time, but no freaking more guys. Aviv nutrition is my new go-to for breakfast and after school smoothies for the kids and for me too. And you can even put them in their school lunches. So here is the deal with Aviv. They are three-step blender free smoothies. They're delicious plant-based with high quality ingredients, organic fruits and vegetables, superfoods, a plant-based protein in each smoothie, no sugar added, no artificial flavors or preservatives, certified organic, the list goes on. 
The smoothies come in frozen wheels, so you just run them underwater for a few seconds, pop the cubes into a bottle or a mason jar, cover with your favorite liquid, we use almond milk, and let them melt for 20 minutes and just shake it up. Or if you wanna have them right now, just use it at home and use the blender. If you head to avivnutrition.com, you can use my code STEPMOM30 for 30% off your first order. You just have to pick between 12, 24, and a 36 product box. Pick the smoothies you want, pick your desired delivery frequency, and that's it. Your commitment-free online smoothie subscription ensures that you are never scrambling for a healthy breakfast or an after-school snack for the kids. Use my code STEPMOM30 for 30% off your first order. And hey, Aviv is also available in more than 3,000 grocery stores across Canada and the U.S., so it's so easy to get your hands on them. You're going to love them. The kids are going to love them. And here's a tip. If you use less liquid, you can make a delicious smoothie bowl, top it with fruit and all kinds of good stuff. Reese is literally obsessed with this. AvivNutrition.com. Use the code STEMMOM30 for 30% off. Right, Beth, welcome back to the podcast. You know, I was going through, you've been on here. This is your third time, I think. Yes, I know. I feel like a VIP at this point. This is exciting. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you're totally a VIP. And, you know, let's just start for those who maybe are just tuning into the podcast, just kind of found us. Can you give us a bit of an intro on who you are and what you got going on? Yes. So uh, my name is Beth McDonough. I am the owner of the Inclusive Stepmom. I created, well, I started blogging a few years ago after my wife and I got married because, well, your articles were the very first ones I found for help for stepmoms. And I started to feel like I was really struggling in my life and I couldn't figure out is my struggle because I'm a new stepmom or because I'm a newly out LGBTQ person. And so I just started documenting those thoughts online as lots of us tend to do. And so then I realized that I wasn't, you know, the only one out there and I was connecting with a lot of people and that made me want to help people in a more official capacity as I started to learn like where the gaps were in the community and you know, marriage equality in the U.S. passed in 2015 and with marriages comes divorces and comes like all kinds of new types of step families. And I really wanted to help specifically more families out there who had different kinds of, you know, I guess labels for lack of a better word than the traditional. I hate to think of like traditional step family because in step families where we think of like the traditional family structure, nuclear family structure, but it gets more non-traditional as, as times change. And so I just wanted to build a community to talk to everyone and to help everyone feel less alone and help us realize that regardless of who our partner is or the, you know, the gender of our partner or the gender of their, of their ex or anything like that, we're all actually dealing with the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And So just to backtrack for a second, just for those who maybe didn't listen to the first episode, when you fell in love with your now wife, that was your first same-sex relationship. Yes. Yeah. I really just decided to hang on to it. (laughs) Yeah. So you did have a lot of transition going on. Like everything was changing for you. Yeah. It was in a lot of ways, it felt simple. It's just as simple as any new relationship does, right? I have fallen in love with this person and they were already my best friend. And now there's something else there and we're dating and it's all this exciting stuff. And then, oh, but my partner has a kid. Oh, but my partner is 
the same gender as I am. So now I have to come out to people and it almost feels like a double coming out, right? Because <laughs> I've met someone new. Oh, by the way, like here are some extra factors that are going to add some layers to my life. Yeah, for sure. That is a transition <laughs> for sure. A little bit. Now you formerly were, your blog was a babbling blonde and then you changed to the inclusive stepmom. And mm-hmm you were just talking about how you definitely saw a gap in the content in the conversations about step parenting. And it's almost just like that assumption that a stepmom is married to a man in -hmm. a lot of the content. Can you dive into what that experience has been like for you? Yeah. So when I'm in those online stepmom support circles, like, you know, all the Facebook groups, all the forums and all that stuff, especially early on, And I read stories and questions from other stepmoms that was like, does your husband ever do this? Or does BM ever do that? It kept people like me quiet. We don't say me too, or yes, I experienced that or respond with our own shared story because we feel like we are not the ones being spoken to or that like our participation might not be welcome. It reminds me of when I was planning my wedding. And I always had to cross out the word groom on all the paperwork and write the word wife over top of it. Or some some people look at my wedding ring when they're making small talk with me and they'll ask me what my husband does for a living. It feels invalidating. It feels discouraging, like you don't belong. And I know that that's not the intention of most people, but unfortunately it has been the intention for enough, especially here in the US, it's still pretty much, it's still a pretty polarizing thing. Businesses still turn people away for being queer. So some of it ends up being self-preservation. Like my wife still gets chased out of women's public bathrooms in 2021 because she looks masculine, right? And so similarly to how like if you see a rainbow flag or a rainbow sticker on the outside of a business and we're like, okay, this is safe. I can go in here. I'm welcome here. That's what it means when people start to build the habits of tweaking language and things like that so that we know that we are being talked to and we are welcome as well. Yeah. And you know, so I have been just redoing my website and I had to, I've been blogging, I'd say five years, six years, maybe more. I don't even know at this point. And I was thinking back to, I think it was a couple months ago and I had wrote a post on Instagram and I don't know what, how I worded, but I was saying your husband or my husband and like saying husband instead of partner. And I think you had shared it on your Instagram and said, you know, this is an example. This is one of, you know, the stepmom blogs that people follow. And this is how that makes us feel. And I remember reading that and being like, okay, okay. And I had to kind of take a step back because in one hand, I'm like, well, I'm talking about my experience Mm -hmm. and I have a husband. So that's the experience that I can speak from. But on the other hand, I'm like, is this a huge learning piece for me? Like what is really happening here? And it's been really interesting for me because as I've been going back through my website, because I really felt like I was saying partner as much as I could. And I've been very, um, you know, when Darren and I will go on a podcast, I'll say, make sure you say partner, not assume it's a husband. Like we want to be more inclusive in our language and in all of that. And I think it goes back to what you're saying. Our intent isn't bad, Mm -hmm. but holy shit. I said husband a lot. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize it. I didn't realize it until recently when I was going through and Mm -hmm. seeing how many times, like 10 tips for saying this to your husband's ex. Yeah, it is very, it's tricky, tricky subject. 
It is. And I'll be the first to admit that there are two ways with inclusivity that I struggle a lot in too, because I'm talking about my own life as well for like, I'm referencing my own experiences when I talk. And so number one, my content, I catch myself not always being inclusive enough for, for the trans community. Right. And the second one is I have a ton of clients whose exes in their, in their family is a man. So their wife, we used to be married to a man. They had a child together and now, and now she's married to stepmom. And I talk about the ex a lot as a woman in my content, because that is the most common setup we see. And it happens to be mine as well, because my wife identifies as a lesbian. She was married to a woman previously. Mm -hmm. And so it's in my stuff too. I have to check myself and I have to think like, okay, is when I started getting on clients who were in a dynamic like that, that I was like, oh, right. So that's not the same for everybody either. And so we have to stop and think where we can change that. And I think like when we're talking about our own situations, we can think about it this way. So it doesn't matter what gender someone's partner is any more than it matters what gender someone's kids are. So if we're telling stories about the same struggles or the same successes and obstacles, if it matters, you might be specific by saying, oh, how did you help your stepdaughter when she started her period, right? Because that's sex or gender matters in the context of what you're talking about, because you're talking about a boy's situation or a girl situation. If it doesn't matter, you would say, oh, what do you, how do you handle it when your stepkids are disrespectful? You don't gender that because it's just a broad, like a broad kid situation. Does that make sense? Totally. You know, for me, it's, it's hard because when you're sharing your life, like there's part of me that I'm like, I feel like being married to a man would be different than being married to a woman for a lot of reasons. And my, actually my sister and I laugh about this all the time. We're like, God, can you imagine a house run by two women? Like that would be just a smooth sailing. (laughs) Well, you know, I think, I think we assume that there are things that are specific to men that, that are not, I think they're specific to personality types and characteristics that are most commonly found in men, but we are usually attracted to the people who are opposite, like energy wise than us. I know you like Glennon Doyle too, right? You, you have Have you been listening to her podcast. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. Every like twice a week I'm on it. Right. As soon as the new episodes come out. Well, there's, so there's one about gender that came out a couple months ago. And she talks about the bathroom too. Yes. My wife started crying when she listened to Abby and Glennon talking about the bathroom because it, she described, it's the exact same cycle of emotions. She makes sure she talks first in the bathroom because her voice sounds very feminine so that they don't think that she's a man and get all weird about it. But it, we were talking, they were talking about gender as a social construct and how our cultural creates like self-fulfilling prophecy of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, all that stuff. My wife is more masculine. And so she spent a lot of time with boys growing up. She bonds more with men as friends now. So people treat her like a guy and she has a lot of the same traits. So all those memes out there are like wives be like this when their husbands do, you know, all the ones that are, you know, when I tell my husband this, they almost always apply to me because my wife is, I, I feel like I have a husband most of the time, as far as like what society would say, I don't share them because people would, that would be confusing because they say husband on them, but <laughs> like, all of the stuff and like the communication issues that, that men and women have, they're all the same for me because she is a very masculine woman. Cause that's, I still have like an opposites of tract dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I guess we just assume 
based. And this is what we've been taught by society. Yeah. Men are like this. Women are like that. Yeah. This is also, I, you can probably, you're watching me right now. Like the wheels are spinning because we really have to change the way we look at things. And mm-hmm. I do know there's people, and I, I, I definitely feel it too, especially online and in being someone who shares things online. Sometimes we feel like we can't say anything because someone's going to be offended or someone's going to be left out or it's not a politically correct thing to say anymore. And mm-hmm. what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Cause I do definitely feel that with every once in a while, I'll get ripped a new one for saying something. I'm like, what else could I say? Like, I feel like I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. Yeah, I think, so there are some differences that I see. I have seen you say that you get criticized about this too. And I don't know if it's the same kind of thing you're talking about. You know, there are different kinds of, of triggers and there are triggers that's like, you're just not speaking fairly to all human beings, or you are telling something that's very personal to you that just might be triggering to somebody else and they just need to go find somewhere else to be, right? So like, mm-hmm. so you have a, a biological child. And so if someone came at you and was like, I don't think you should talk about having an ours baby because that triggers my fertility memory. Like, you know, if someone's Mm -hmm. feeling like really triggered about you talking about having a baby, well, that's critical to your story and your journey. So you're probably not going to filter that. And you're not going to stop talking about that. They probably should just find somewhere else to go. Someone emailed me just two days ago that they were to let me know that they were unfollowing me on Instagram. And it was because I talked about having drinks too often and they were sober. And (laughs) right. And, (laughs) and so, and that is, that's fine. You don't even really tell me that you're unfollowing me, but if you need to do that, there are plenty of sober people, like people who are sober or people who don't talk about that. I, when I say having drinks, sometimes I mean coffee. So a lot of times I mean wine, but that's part of my life. And it's not like a harmful part. Like it's not a part of my life. That's like racist or homophobic or, you know, like hurting anybody. So in that case, I'm pro- we probably just don't mesh well together. And there are plenty of other people for you to follow who don't trigger that part of you. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone is not for everyone. I did receive a message once when someone was triggered because I had said 10 things I do to prepare for my week on with the kids. And one of the tips was I coordinate my schedule with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I just got this big, huge comment about how I'm not inclusive because I said husband. And then someone wrote underneath saying like, this is what she says she does. Yeah. You're saying your husband and she has a husband. So I have a husband. I'm just sharing my own experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like it's okay to say, you know, everyone's not for everyone. I yeah. definitely think if I was in a same sex relationship, I would probably be like following your page consistently, right? Constantly ever like I would be consuming everything that you say because it would resonate with me. Like that would be more aligned with my life and my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that all these other, you know, magazines or articles, they wouldn't resonate with me. But I do think we can find people online too that really, really we click with. Yeah. And I think, I mean, so I think the criticism of, of the header and your content is unfair. I think the difference is if you say I coordinate the schedule with my husband, that's you talking about your husband, right? If you're giving a tip that says you should coordinate the schedule with your husband, it would be easy to say you should coordinate the schedule with your partner. Yeah. Just one switch. Yes. Because you're saying your and not my. Right. It is tricky, right? Like language is really tricky now too, especially with the he, she, and like they, them, all of that. It's like, how do you, how do you even 
it's, it's just a whole relearning process, which I'm glad that you're bringing this conversation up because I think it's really important. And I think it's important to remember like no one in, well, that's not true. Not no one people do, but for the most part, people aren't intentionally trying to make someone feel left out, make someone right. feel like they're not welcome there, but it, it doesn't stop there. And that's what I'm learning. Even if my intention isn't bad, how am I making someone feel? How can I make a tiny switch mm-hmm. in how I'm showing up that makes everyone feel welcome? Yeah, it's 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 similar to when I was redoing my website like two years ago. I went through all of the sort of stock photos that were on on my website and noticed that because that's what I grabbed because that looks more like me. They were all photos of white people. And so I had to like adjust and intentionally be like, no, I like, yes, it has to be intentional because we are drawn to families and people who look like us. But when I'm picking out a random stock photo of a family or like of a child to put on my website, I should be showing equal representation as far as racial and cultural as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. I I did the same thing. I was going through my podcast guest and I messaged my sister the other day. I was like, look at the, all of the last guests, they're all white females, mm-hmm. not intentionally. It's just, yeah, it's just such a crazy world right now. And I do really think that it's, this is a blessing from COVID. I do think I was watching this Instagram live once. And this girl was saying, you know, basically what happened is COVID came in and forced us all to like sit in our homes and be glued to our phone and realize how much screwed up stuff is actually going on in the world. Like it took COVID to make us pause and stop. And like, you know, obviously all of the terrible things that are happening in the world to be like, whoa, what's actually happening when this isn't new, this has been happening all along. All right. If you follow along on Instagram, you know, I love a good hoodie. I love a good plain shirt. I love a good plain sweater. I love a good neutral. I'm really about keeping it simple when it comes to my wardrobe. And I love to dress Reese the same. That's why I'm so pumped to partner with Austin Oaks. Guys, when I first had Reese, I struggled to find cute clothes for her because I felt like all of the girl clothes had unicorns and butterflies and sunshine and all those things on them, which is totally fine if that's your style. But again, I like to keep it simple. So when I stumbled upon Austin Oaks, I was sold. It's a unisex clothing line for everyone in your family. Austin Oaks items are designed and manufactured here in Canada, made from high quality, ultra soft bamboo cotton that is eco-friendly, sustainably sourced, and so freaking soft. Seriously, plain, solid, high quality pieces for your whole crew. Personally, I am obsessed with their adult bamboo hoodie in ivory and the bamboo crew in gray. And I just ordered Reese the same. You should see the cute outfits that my sister Brett got my nephews. Guys, I can't tell you how obsessed I am with all of their pieces. Cool thing is Austin Oaks ships to both Canada and the US. I highly recommend checking them out. You can get all the information, go shop at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash Austin Oaks, and then use the code Jamie10 for 10% off your order. You're welcome. Now, just to switch gears for a second, do you think there are any differences when it comes to the challenges that same-sex families or same-sex relationships have in the step-family space versus, you know, a heterosexual couple? Yeah. So, I mean, now I think that most of the challenges I faced 
early on turned out to be superpowers a little bit, like advantages for me now. So for example, I felt really lost regarding my role in the beginning, which I know a ton of stepmoms do. So I wasn't filling a mom-shaped space that was left empty because there was a mom already in the house that I started, you know, my wife is already a mom as well. So my stepdaughter already had a mom in our house. And so their roles, my wife and her exes were already fluid as far as like gender jobs and things like that. And so instead of sliding into doing mom-like things, I had to focus more on my own strengths and building a unique bond with my stepdaughter. It required a lot more work up front, but I am stronger now. My relationships are stronger because I had to put the work in in the beginning. So I avoided a lot of the resentment stepmoms have when they just step in and they take on mom jobs that they don't really want or they don't get the recognition for and things like that. The biggest challenge I still face is usually when we're around new people who just don't understand a queer family dynamic, especially a queer step family dynamic. And so they get confused. So this just happened recently. My stepdaughter was in swim classes. I was rarely the one who took her, but my wife and her ex both did regularly, depending on whose time it was. So most of the people there probably assumed they were either two moms, you know, married to each other, or that one was a mom and one was a stepmom. Those seem like the two options. So then I showed up and I took her once. And then two things happened. Once I got straight up asked by someone who I like who I was and where I fit, like it was basically just very bluntly like, well, who are you here to her? It amazes me every single day that unfiltered questions, people just decide that they want to ask somebody about their life, but <laughs> like just by the pool, somebody asked me that. The second thing that happened was someone asked me if I dyed or cut my hair because they assumed I had to be my wife's ex. We have similar build bone structure. My wife clearly has a type. But what other explanation to them could there possibly be that I had to be that one, right? I had to be one of the two because they couldn't figure out who I would be otherwise. So that's just a a story to explain that like who I am and where I fit because of the so many like multi-women dynamic Mm -hmm. feels draining and can amplify like the outsider syndrome that we already tend to have as stepmoms. Yeah. And that's really, really interesting because... Yeah, you wouldn't come in and do the mom jobs because the mom jobs are taken care of. They have already kind of figured their stuff out. Now, when you're working with stepmoms, because you were saying you're working with stepmoms who had left their heterosexual marriage for a same-sex relationship, what kind of challenges do those families experience? Is there anything that's different there? Yeah, the challenges that they face with a male ex is actually a lot different than the, than what you would face with a, a female ex, because quite often the man in that dynamic, usually it's new for the person who left the marriage to have left for a woman. So usually it's a realization like, Oh, I might, I think I'm gay or I think I'm bi. And so for the man in that dynamic, it's a pretty big ego hit. Sometimes they're like, well, that's something I just cannot provide for you. Right. Or, you know, that I, I can't change who I am. And so they don't know what to do with that. So that the toxicity, like the anger that comes from that really severely impacts that relationship. And there can be a lot of homophobia or, you know, homophobic words and actions that impact the kids. And so the kids have a harder time being accepted by stepmom because they're really being turned against her because of like all the her feelings that existed there. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely an ego hit for the man. I can <laughs> Like you're seeing that more and more though, eh? There's so many people that I've interviewed that they were married to a man and then they 
left and are now married to a woman. And they're just like, this is just where I was supposed to be this whole time. I find it really interesting because I feel like I hear these stories all the time. It's becoming more and more common. I think people just didn't realize that it was, I don't want to say an option, but like that they, but they had the number one, it wasn't as accepted. So it wasn't as, it's not easy now, but it wasn't as easy as like, societally to do that, right. To have a really, to just follow your heart in that way, because there's just so many other things made it so hard. But also I think that there's such a spectrum sometimes that women don't realize that they have the capacity to be attracted to another woman until it happens. Cause they're like, Oh, my marriage is fine. Or I get, or they've settled. They're like, I guess this is just what it's supposed to feel like. Right. And then they don't think anything else. And then lightning bolt because they meet the right person. And they're like, Oh, Oh, that's what it's like. Well, even to go back to Glennon Doyle, I read in one of her books that she literally walked in the room and saw Abby and was like, okay. Yeah. That was just kind of a a done thing. Which happens with women and men all the time too, right? You know, you're married to a guy and you're thinking like, okay, I guess this is just the challenges of marriage or this is just how it's supposed to be. And then you meet another man sometimes, you know, who you're like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, this is clearly what you can have, right? Yeah, no, for sure. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I get a lot of stepmoms, especially in the form of the membership, whose children or stepchildren are now coming out and they're struggling because they don't know how to support them. Sometimes the other parent isn't supportive of this and is very shocked and wanting something different for their child. How do you suggest that they support their stepchild in this? Like, what would a, a teenager or even any, even younger, need? It's just something that a lot of parents are like, well, what do I do? How do, how do I do this right? Mm-hmm. I think the first best thing we can all do with kids comes before they ever come out. Because as parents and as allies of the LGBTQ community, it's important that we start to break old patterns by creating an environment where coming out may not be necessary someday that that process won't have to exist. So we can do that by raising kids without the expectation of being straight at all. And by presenting the fact that like, yeah, someday you just would bring home somebody that you have a crush on, or you talk to us about who you like, because if you talk to them like that and, and just live in your house like that, then they're never going to feel like they have anxiety about telling you who they are because you've already made it clear that whoever they are is great. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, if, if your stepkid comes out to you, number one, I would be completely honored with the information that they've trusted you with because it is still hard. It is still really hard to do. And I have seen stepmoms who have been come out to and their partner has not been told and the stepkid doesn't want their partner to be told yet. So it's a sacred and it's a scary thing. And so I would suggest do not tell anybody, even if it's your own partner, right? Even if it is their a biological parent, if they tell you not to tell anyone, don't tell anyone that will immediately break the trust that they have in you. And then I would just ask them what support looks like for them. Like, what can I do for you? Do you want a party? Do you want me to talk to somebody for you? Do you want me to sit by your side when you come out to someone else? Like just be open about asking them what they need, because they are probably going to know that better than you do. And everybody's so different that just straight up asking, how can I support you? What can I do? Being with someone while they come out to someone who they're afraid to can be a total game changer. Just have that presence as an ally and as support. The other thing I would say, and I feel like we're just spending this podcast fangirling about Glennon, but I think she talked about this in her book as well. She's so good. She's so good. I always tell my wife, I'm like, if I could have somebody's 
career life, it would be hers. Cause I like writing more than anything else. And if I could have made the things that she has made, I just think she's amazing. But anyway, is to avoid the phrase, no matter what, when you tell them you love them, because that's something that we tell kids when they've done something wrong. If they stole something or if they did something bad, we're like, it's okay. I love you no matter what. Right. And when they come out oh. to you, a lot of people, you see it on TV shows all the time. They'll say, oh, it's okay. I love you no matter what. That implies that you love them despite of something about them. No matter how shitty it is or yes. disappointing it is. Yes. Wow. So just, I love you. I love all of you. Every part of you. You're wonderful. You're perfect as you are. Wow. All of that is so good. And I, I especially like what you said about having that conversation start before there is a coming out. So there doesn't need to be a coming out. Yeah. I think my stepdaughter is straight. <laughs> she has crushes on boys this year for the first time. And she asked me about it. She said, you like boys and girls, right, Bethy? And we, so we had a talk and mommy just likes girls. And so we went through everybody in the family and she said, I think I just like, like boys that way. And so we had that talk, but up until then, that's always how we talk to her because that's our setup, right? I mean, so she has a stepdad now. And so she, she sees all these different possibilities. And so we just talk to her as if there are no assumptions and then she doesn't have to have any kind of coming out in any way to us. No anxiety. Mm -hmm. That is so important. I've never heard anyone say that before, which is really sad, actually, if you think about it, because it really shouldn't be this big stressful event to come out because it should be, you should just know that it's safe. Yeah. It's just, I like somebody. Can I tell you about them? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always go back to this, what I learned in therapy. Like the first time I, I went my therapist, Bonnie, love Bonnie <laughs> was like, kids need to feel loved and they need to feel safe. Like that. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that they need to feel. And so there's just like so many arrows, right? Like outside of those words, like what that means, it can mm -hmm. mean so many different things, but just safe to be who they are, no matter what. And it's yes. never going to be a disappointment. No, that's not to say we shouldn't prepare them for how hard things might be elsewhere. Right. But that's the whole thing is like, it's not going to be hard here in this space for you. So last question for you. I want to know, you know, you've been a, how long have you been a stepmom now? Uh, officially. We got married in 2017, but we lived together for like two years before that. So I guess like six years. Yeah. So what do you think has been the biggest growth for you? The biggest lesson, like I always say like being a, being a stepmom is like life skills one-on-one. You learn so much about yourself and your triggers and it's just this huge personal growth experience. What has that been like for you? Mm. For me personally, I think it was realizing that some people just might not like me and that's okay. Along with owning up to some of the mistakes I made in the beginning. So the, the, the journey with my, like the co-parenting journey for us, right? I think I was, I don't want to say self-righteous in the beginning, but definitely was like, why would she have a problem with me being here? And what about this? And what about that? And like very much like I belong and I have a right to do this and that. And like, which yes, yes, hundred percent. Yes, you do. But having the, the growth of accepting and reflecting that like, oh, if someone had done some of those things. I don't know if I would have really loved that person either. And so kind of just realizing like, no, there are opportunities to adjust things as I go and to think about other people's feelings and not just what I have the right to do or be at or say, and like, really that impacts other people. And 
it doesn't mean that something's wrong or that I'm the bad guy or anything like that to, to own up to mistakes when I make them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An apology or just like a little shift can go a long way. I think we've all had to do that. It's crazy too, because you can really get caught into that, like stepmom, mom, turf war, Mm-hmm. being like, well, I deserve to be here. It's like this pissing match, right? Yeah. And like you need to know your place. Well, no, I deserve to be here. And it's important to remember, like people are at different stages in this journey. This wasn't in anyone's plan, right? Like I did this interview with Allison Schaefer and she's a parenting expert. She comes into the community and she was like, you didn't ask for me. I arrived. Yes. Right. Like my husband asked for me, like we, we made the choice to be together, but the kids didn't ask for me to arrive. And you know, his ex didn't ask for the kids to have the step. Like no one asked for me except for my husband. And we can't just assume or expect people to like, like embrace us with open arms. If that's not where they're at in their own healing process either. Exactly. And so, especially because for my wife and her ex, you know, for two women to decide to have a, I mean, for a lot of people decide to have children together, it's very intentional. Sometimes it's an accident, which is like awesome too. But for two women to decide to have a kid together, you are really making a conscious choice that you want a child in your family with that person. And so they were deliberate, right? They chose each other and put in a lot of work to have my stepdaughter together. And that was a choice that she got to make. She chose to parent with my wife regardless of whether they're together or not. Right. Mm -hmm. And then here I come and she's like, well, you've just screwed this all up now. Right. I mean, that's how I would feel for sure. Because like, no, I decided to share this human with this person, not with you too. And so I didn't get a choice in this matter. And now you've brought her in. And I think I got the brunt of that in the beginning because I came first. And so by the time she brought a new partner in. Everybody had healed because there had been a lot of time that had passed. And so we were excited, but that's not, everything was much fresher in the beginning. And if you're not healed, like you said, then why would you accept somebody new with open arms and be like, yeah, come to all my kids' events, show up at the parent-teacher conference, pack the lunches, like pour some salt on my wounds. Yes, exactly. And just rub it, really rub it in, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make this even harder. Yeah. Anyway, this has been so good. Where can everyone find you? What do you got going on? Yeah. So my website is theinclusivestepmom.com. Like most of us, I hang out on Instagram more than any other platform. So that's um, at the inclusive stepmom. And I do one-on-one coaching, not a whole lot anymore. So you can email me directly if you would like that. But I do have a course. It's called the Calm Over Chaos course for stepmoms does exactly what the title says. There are links to that on my website and on my Instagram and all that if you want to join. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm going to link everything for everyone. As always, it's just a pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is great. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms. www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.